This message is provided by Bridgeway Community Church. Thanks for tuning in. Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Mike, and it's just good to be with all of you celebrating 4th of July. Uh, I put a little fog in the room for you just so you would feel like it's 4th of July if you don't know that already. Um, but just excited to be with you guys here online as well. Great to just uh, to worship together this morning. And we got to see just a few things in the video just there of great things that are around um, that we get to enjoy. I love that last little video of two little kids giving each other a hug. It, it, uh, it makes me think actually of my family. So I've got, a, I've got three little ones and my littlest one, she loves to do something every morning, and maybe this is true in your family, you can relate, or maybe this is something you like to do, I don't know. Um, but every morning she wakes up, and she comes, and she comes over and finds me, and she says, Daddy, I want to race. I'm like, okay, here we go. So I'm like, all right, let's go do this. And it always happens the same way. I, I go, we line up, she tells me where to line up. I got to follow the rule there, okay, this is, I go and line up here. She tells me how it is, and then... She takes off, and she's going, and she beats me across the house. I'm like, what? how does this game work? Like, how do I know when it starts? I'm like, okay, well, I guess if that's how you do it, you know, maybe I'll try that. So then we get to the wall, and I'm like, go, and I just take off running. She's like, no, 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 stop. That's not how you do it. I'm like, well, isn't that what you just did? She's like, no, you have to go when I tell you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you when to go. I'm like, okay, all right, well, I, I can follow that rule. So I go, and she goes, one, two, and she takes off. And I was like, what? you didn't even say go. And she beats me to the wall again. I'm like, okay, I got this. I'm picking things up now, so I know I can't just go when I want, but I, I, can, or I, can, I can go when she says two. So this time, she says one, two, and I take off running. I'm like, ha, 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 and I'm laughing as I do. And she goes, no, 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 Daddy, stop. <laughs> That's not the way you do it. And I was like, ah, oh, well, how do you do this thing? And I'm coming up with all these different ways, and every time she's telling me stop, and I just keep on losing. And I'm like, you know what? I think this game actually is not called Race Me. I think it's called Mia Wins. <laughs> but that's how it is a little bit when we think of rules. Um, and when we look at, especially if we look into the Old Testament, and we see a bunch of rules that a lot of people kept missing and failing on. And I don't know about you guys, but that's, uh, that's those are not the only rules that I've failed with, and sometimes it can be like that, that there are so many that it's overwhelming and we miss, we miss the point. Today we're going to be in Matthew 22, kind of talking about the same idea, the great commands. So if you don't, if you've got your Bible, go ahead and open to Matthew 22. If you don't have your Bible, we're still going to be there in Matthew 22. Um, you can watch it on the screen, you can pull it up on your device, or uh, we've got hard copies of the Bible right in front of you if you prefer, prefer to follow along that way. We're going to read just six verses here, and, uh, and then we'll go back through and kind of talk through it. So Matthew 22, 34 through 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. 
I love this passage, and there's, there's so much good truth in this. And actually, if you looked at um, the whole, this whole chapter, this is actually the third question that uh, Jesus is getting asked here. They're all great questions. I'm glad that they're asking them. But let's, let's go ahead, and we're just going to focus on this one today um, and talk about what it means for us. So we'll go back to those first two verses and kind of talk through those. So hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, and one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. So the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they both are trying to catch Jesus, right? Like they're trying to trip him up, they're trying to trick him, and they want him to fail. So one of them, it says, and if you read the Mark version, it says that this is a scribe. You can check that out later as well. Ask them a question. And I don't know because I wasn't there. I don't know if this was a genuine question or just a question to test the validity of Jesus. Like, hey, if he can answer this question, then he's really the one that I want to follow. I don't know if it's for that reason or if he's just trying. He literally, this time, he's, he's trying to muddle Jesus and all the commandments because there's so many. He's trying to muddle them in them to, to get them confused because this was a question that they debated amongst themselves. We'll go on to the next verse, and ask, this is the, the verse that asks the question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And this is, this is a great question. I'm grateful that they ask because we get to benefit, right? We get the answer. So in our minds, when I hear this, the first thing that comes to my mind is the Ten Commandments, right? I think of the Ten Commandments. They probably, though, when they're saying this, they're referring to all the commandments, which was about 613 of them in the Old Testament. And so they're thinking of all of these as they, as they ask this question. Which out of all of these is the great one? In verse 37, let's go there. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He answers with the first commandment of the ten that were given to Moses. And that, my friends is the exact number they asked for, right? Like he, he could have just stopped right there. And this, is, this has been a question of mine for a long time. Um, and one that I always come back to is, but he didn't, right? He didn't just stop with one. He, he goes on, and in verse 38, Jesus acknowledges that this was just the first one. He says this is the first and the great commandment. And he goes on, and then verse uh, 39, he says, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I think he throws these two together because they are connected. So if we think about God and who he is, there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are in relationship with each other, and they love each other. And when he made us, he made us in the image of God, right? We're like God. And so he made us to be in relationship with each other and with him. And so if we are loving, trying to love God, it, seem, it would seem odd to do that without trying to love others. So he puts these two together because they are together. You can't do the one without the other. In verse 40... We have all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And he's, he's drawing in the mind of the reader, the Jewish reader, 
all the law, meaning the first five books of the Bible, and all the prophets. You can look at all the prophecies, the awesome things that, that the people um, were foretelling. Basically, the Jewish Bible, he says, these two commandments, the whole Bible, the whole Jewish Bible is what they hang on, what it hinges on. So let's break this down. We've got 613 laws, right? They're summed up in the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are summed up in two commandments. And you can see this if you go, there's breakdowns like the, in the Ten Commandments, the first four. If you read through those, you'll notice that those are focused on loving God. And then the next six are focused on loving others. It, it's built in. It's, it's connected and it's tied together. And so he gives us the command, love God and love others. Love God and love others. That's what we're talking about today. And we've got it now, so now we can go home. All right. I'm just kidding. Um, but let's talk about this for a second because I think the word love kind of gets thrown around a lot in our culture and uh, used in a lot of different ways and can be kind of confusing, especially in English, because you can love a lot of different things, and that means a lot of different things, right? Um, so... Let me just give you a story for a second here. So I was, um, have you got, any of you guys heard about this? It's called DTR, Defining the Relationship. So I did this a lot of times, but one time that I went and did this, I, I took the girl that I was dating. She's a beautiful girl and a very strong girl. And I took her, and it had been a little while that we'd been dating, and I knew that something had changed in our relationship and that I was feeling something different and I was thinking something different. And this was the time that I was like, we need to come back together to make sure we're on the same page for what we think this is. Because otherwise, we're, this isn't going to work. So I got I to gotta lay this out here. And I wanted to make sure, though, I wanted to, I wanted to step into this conversation, um, making sure that I was ready to, to move this to a different level of commitment. And so we go out to one of our favorite spots. We go out to the beach and uh, sitting on the sand and I'm nervous as I'll get out. My hands are sweating and... I was like, ah, I think I know what she's going to say in this question. But I was like, I haven't said this to her yet. So I sit down to her and I look over and I say, I love you. And in our relationship, that was the first time I'd ever said that. And I, that was intentional. It wasn't because I didn't care about her before that. But I wanted that, those words to be special and to mean something more for us. That I was stepping into basically hinting at like there's a ring coming soon kind of a thing. Um, that I love her and I want to move forward that way. And I want to make a commitment. I want this to be a choice. And all this kind of stuff. And, and, and that's what I wanted for. So we had to have this define the relationship. This is what love means. This is what it's all going towards. Spoiler alert. She said yes and married me eventually. <laughs> but it's important. It's important for us to define it so that we understand what we're talking about. And it's... It's interesting because we throw these words together and, like, I love you, um, but sometimes we get it confused with the word like you, right? Like, you don't have to, you don't have to like someone to love them, right? Some of you are like, yeah, I kind of felt that way this morning, <laughs> But, um, and, then, and it could be like, I like them, I don't like them all the time, but I, I love them. I choose to love them. And, and there's feelings that go along with that, but, but it may mean in some moments that you don't feel a like towards them. 
And that's because ultimately, love is a choice. There's feelings involved, like I said, but love says when the feelings are gone, I still love you. When I'm mad at you because you forgot our anniversary or you chose not to buy me a candy bar at the store, I still love you. You're going to need to talk through those things. And at times you may need to set boundaries because things have happened. That's another topic, but, but love is a choice. So when God says, follow me, and then things get tough and you get tired and hungry and you're in danger and you say, well, yeah, I don't, I don't really like this. I don't really like this, God, right now. This isn't, this isn't fun. And you mean that word, like. It's, we, may, we might even throw the word, I don't love this, God. But what we mean there is like. And there's a fair warning because Jesus, he gives us a head, heads up about this. When we choose to follow him, he doesn't say it's going to be easy. Right? He says it's going to be hard. He also says loving God is full of joy. It's, so we're going to have these things together. It's going to be hard, but it's full of joy. So we choose to love God in the good and the bad. It's a choice. So what's it look like to love God? And I think that one is, uh, can kind of drives us to the other one, but I think it's, it's literally what he tells us. So we're doing to love God is to do what he says, to give him all the glory, and the ultimate way to love God is to love others. The ultimate way, I believe, to love God is to love others. All right, so what does it look like to love others then? Well, let's go to the, uh, the professor, Jack Handy, and see what his deep thoughts from kids tell us. So we're going to look at two deep thoughts from kids and see if they have any insight for us today. First one says this, whenever someone asks me to define love, I usually think for a minute, then I spin around and pin the guy's arm behind his back. Now who's asking the questions? <laughs> you ever feel like that? <laughs> like somebody starts talking about love and you're like, uh-uh, nope. We're not having this conversation. I'm asking the questions. Or there's another deep thought again. Imagine a kid saying this. Love is not something that you put chains on and throw into a lake. That's called Houdini. Love is liking someone a lot. Okay. Again, <laughs> this isn't really helping us. I mean, if I'm honest, it kind of looks, this is kind of like what the world talks about with love, Right? And when our world talks about what love is, it gets confusing. Love isn't liking someone a lot. That can, you can love while you're liking someone a lot, but that doesn't necessarily mean to love them. They're two different things. So let's look at the one then that, that told us this, that told us to love God and to love others. Let's look at Jesus and see how he loved. So I think Jesus... Jesus loves in a lot of ways. I'm going to focus on just three today. I think Jesus loved through servant love. And you can see this because you, you, you just take a look any, any, in any of the gospel stories. You can walk through and just see Jesus serving over and over and over again. And one of those ways, and the one that comes to my mind immediately, maybe this is coming to yours, is when he washes his disciples' feet. Now, I don't know if you've washed feet lately. Um, 
But this was a different level of washing feet. It, their shoes weren't covered like this, you know, where you got closed-toed shoes. They've got sandals on. They're walking in dirt all day, whether working or traveling from one place to another. And they come into this place, and they have their feet washed by a servant, typically. And they are dirty, and they are stinky, and they might have blood on them because of all the things that they've walked through. And Jesus gets down before his his group, his disciples, and he takes the form of a servant and he washes their feet. It's a beautiful picture of him stepping in as the leader and coming beneath and supporting and showing love through service. Another way that we see Jesus' love is through his sacrifice, through sacrificial love. Think about this. Jesus has been in ministry for three years. He's about 33 years old and So just a young chap. And at that time, he lays it all on the line. He says, okay, God, I see what your plan is. I'm going to step into this. And I'm going to take the pain, the punishment, the death that everybody has earned by our choices to choose evil, to choose to do it a different way than what God says. I'm going to take that. That's what Jesus says. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take the punishment. And I'm going to do it for you. And what's beautiful about this is that you didn't have to do anything for that. You didn't, he didn't even know, you you didn't even know him rather yet, and he's already done it for you. Sacrificial love for somebody that didn't even know him yet. And the third one I think about is he expresses truth in love. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus exemplified this. He shared the truth. Like even in this story that we were just reading, right? In Matthew 22, the greatest commandment. He's sharing truth. The great commandment, the great and first commandment, and the second. But he, he did it in a way where he's, he's calling, calling out the truth. And he might have called out people, but he still did it in love. And with hopes of drawing them back to the Father. He didn't do it to appease them. He didn't do it to, to sweeten it up or to change it. To, um, he didn't change it to make them like it more. He just told them what it was. And a lot of times when we think about truth and love, we think we should err on one side or the other, right? Like we think, okay, I'm just going to love. And what we mean by that is I'm just going to care. I'm not going to share the truth. I don't want to ruffle the feathers. Um, I just want to do this. And in that case, we're missing the opportunity to point people in the right way. And, And honestly, I've been at points in my life, maybe you have too, but I've been at points in my life where things have gotten dark or I've made some poor choices. And I sure hope that any of you would feel the freedom to come and talk to me and say, hey, Mike. This doesn't add up. And I would want you to because I would want you to draw me back. Pull me back from the edge. Pull me back from what we all know is the ultimate loss. And there's the other way. It's to come on heavy with truth with no love, right? I'm just going to share the truth. And the problem there is we miss the whole point of the relationship. God's in relationship. He's made us for relationship. And when we speak truth Without love, without relationship, I think we're missing who we were made to be as well. 
All right, so we've got servant love, sacrificial love, truth in love. But who are we supposed to do this with? See, Jesus taught his followers to love and serve everyone, including the least of these, and even one's enemies. So we're serving everyone. He says that in Matthew 20, including the least of these. That's in Matthew 10. And everyone's enemies, that's in Matthew 5. So as we think about this, though, when we talk about love, showing love to people, who is it, who is it the hardest for you to love? Yeah, and don't get confused with it again. It's not talking about liking them. I'm not saying you have to like this person. But who is it, who is it the hardest? Is it, somebody, is it somebody that's in your family? Sometimes it can be that, right? Like a brother or a sister or a, an aunt or an uncle or, or anybody. Is it, a, is it a group of people or a type of people that you wouldn't serve or you wouldn't sacrifice for or, or you don't want to share the truth in love to? And it's okay in these moments to let God convict you of it. Because when he, when he shows us these, these spots, it's an opportunity for us to turn, repent of it, and to do the opposite. This isn't meant to be a guilt, a guilt lay on, but rather just hopefully a moment to process and to think about how it can be different. See, the world says things like this. Have you ever heard the, some of these phrases? Love those who love you. You ever heard that one before? This could be some advice that some people say. Um, they'll say things like, nice guys finish last. Or you can't get love without giving love. Or things like, love your people. And I feel like all of these, they, while they have a hint of truth in them, they all fall short. They all fall short because... They are stopping at the point that Jesus pushes forward, right? If, if Jesus stopped at love those who love you, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm in trouble, right? There's been points in my life that, that I wasn't in love with God and that I wasn't following him. If nice guys are finishing last, well, Jesus was a pretty kind guy. And in the world's eyes, maybe he did finish last. But I think for our benefit, he didn't. Loving your people, like he doesn't just stop and say, I'm only going to love this group. My, little, my, 12, my 12 followers, that's it. He expands it. In John 13, 35, Jesus says something awesome. And I love this, this picture. Um, I'm going to actually read the verse before, the one on the screen, and then I'll read that one. It says, uh, in verse 34, it says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Why? Because it's different. So let's be different. Let's be different because he is different. Let's love different because we love God. Let's, let's love so much that the world can't help but notice. This isn't the same love as the world. This is a better love. This is a more full love. This is a freeing love. 
I'm not worrying about the scoreboard, you know, like, oh, well, you didn't quite measure up, so you're only getting this level of love today. No, I can just love freely because I'm filled with him, and I have enough love because he has overflowed me with love because of what he's given us. So how can you today, how can you serve, how can you sacrifice, how can you share truth and love to everyone, to the least of these, to one's enemies? Does it look like a family member, like loving a a family member that's in the middle of a struggle right now? Maybe it's simply acknowledging the person next to you in this room. Saying hi. I love that we get to do that at the beginning of the service. It's, it's something I, that drew me in when I first came here even. I was like, wow, this is different. That we greet each other every time. It's acknowledging each other. And I, I love that because it, it says you are worthy of saying hello to. And as I, as I share just the last couple of thoughts, the, the worship team can start making their way up here. Maybe it's finding a way to serve at home or a a neighbor, or maybe it's the person at work that no one likes or is always rude to you. Again, I'm not saying that you need to do this unwise, but what would it look like to show them love in those moments? I think this kind of love is a strong love. It's sometimes when we, when we look at this and you're like, wow, I'm going to go in and talk to somebody who's been rude to me? Like, that seems kind of weak. Like, I'm kind of, I think it's the opposite. I think Jesus, this love that Jesus is showing is strong. Because you're stepping in in these hard moments and you're choosing to love and God empowers you to do that. I'm so excited about this, the potential of this, that the people you are sitting next to right now might be able to tell you're different because you love God and you love others. So that's the question again. How can you love like Jesus this week? How can you honor God with your life this week? And maybe for some of you in the room or for those of you that are watching online, maybe it is simply a choice to choose to love God for the first time. Or maybe it's choosing to turn your life back around and you're like, I, I did follow God. And, and you just want to recommit that. You say, you know what? This is the love that I want to claim. This is the life that I want to claim. I want to accept this love that's freely given and I want to love the same. If that's you, I just I invite you to pray with me as I close up the service to make that choice. And if you do choose to do that, don't keep it a secret. Come and tell me. Scan that little QR code. I know it's kind of cheesy, but scan the QR code. You can click a little button that says, I chose Jesus today. Let us know so that I can be praying for you. We can be praying for you. But let's pray now. And if you've chosen that today, or you want to choose that today, pray with me. Father God, I'm so grateful for what you did by sending your son, Jesus, to come to this world to pay the price so that I can live. You are God. Jesus, you are Lord. And I want to follow you. I accept that gift. 
And God, for any of those that have chosen that for the first time today or that have recommitted today, God, I just pray that you would walk close with them, that your spirit, as you tell us, as you promise, will be with them, that you would empower them to go and to do likewise, to go and to love others. That when others see us, God, that when others see people from Bridgeway Church, that they, wouldn't, they couldn't help but notice that we're different, that we love different, love different from the world because you have loved us. God, you are such a good God and it's such a good opportunity and a chance for us to step into this, to step in with freedom, to know this isn't something I earn, but because you have done it, because I love you, I get to do it too. And I get to draw people to the same truth, the same hope, the same love that you've already given us. And God, as we, as we get ready now, I just pray that we would give you all of our worship, that you would accept it as good and pleasing to your ear. In your name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Check out our app or our website at bridgewaycommunity.org for more messages or to take the sermon one step deeper by downloading the Sermon Discussion Guide. 